Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, November 22nd. Our top story today, teachers and staff at a school on Sheppey have walked out this morning over safety concerns. Around 80 members of the NEU were on strike at Oasis Academy sites in Minster and Sheerness. They say there have been numerous incidents of threats and violence by pupils. Tim Dams is from the National Education Union. It's regrettable that our members have got to the point where they have to take strike action but essentially the workplace isn't safe, our members are at risk. Um, As you're aware, employers have a duty of care to their employees so that the workplace is a safe environment. Unfortunately, behaviour levels have got so poor in the school, but the real issue is that the employer doesn't have a grip of the situation. And our children are going to be off school today here? Uh, employer, Oasis, have taken the decision to close the schools themselves. What, what would you say to the parents who, whose children are off school today? Absolutely, uh, we've had no other option than to strike. Uh, Oasis have known about this problem for months. It's been an ongoing issue. Uh, we've negotiated with them, but they just don't have a grip of the situation and it's not improving. So obviously, yes. we want children to get an education. We want this issue solved so that our members can be safe in the working environment. And can I also add, so other pupils can be safe, because it's not all pupils who are engaged in this, uh, these behaviour issues. They need to get an education. Our members need to be back in work doing what they're paid to do and what they're good at. But the employer needs to provide a safe workplace. Lisa is a teacher at the school. Members of our um, staff are off with stress because they've been physically assaulted. We have numerous students who uh, threaten uh, sexual assault against female members of staff. Um, We have the N-word used on a regular basis to our black teachers. We have chairs thrown. I myself have been threatened with death on numerous occasions. they, a particular student told me that he was going to cut my throat. Um, that is a regular thing that happens on um, particularly this site, but it does happen on the other site as well. Um, teachers have been pushed, shoved. We've had 60 students at a time en masse running after a teacher, blockading them into classrooms, um, threatening to kill them. Um, and we're talking about, you know, 11, 12, 13-year-old children. Um, but also, more importantly than... Yes, it is, it's important that staff are safe, but it's really important that students are safe as well. So we do have situations where hordes of children are running after one child to beat them up. We've had kids who have had eye sockets falling out of their head because they've had there's been a mass brawl on one particular student. Um, you know, and that, those are the big things, the little things, um, constantly being called the C word, constantly being told to F off, constantly being ignored, constantly being told no. Um, the kids are out in the corridors, they're refusing to come into classes, they're kicking the doors in en masse so that the doors come off their hinges um, in order to either run around like maniacs in a classroom that they're not meant to be in or... Um, to beat up a student or to threaten a teacher. And is it regular? Is it certain students or is it sort of a lot? It is on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. It is... um, There is a combination of 
a small group of students, when I say small, I'm talking probably about 50 students um, in each of the year groups, who, particularly on this site, who are constantly doing this. However, that escalates because as soon as a group of children get together, hordes of children join in. It's like the pack mentality. So, um, yeah, it's got to the point now where we're not willing to put up with it. I think the sad thing is, the sad thing is, um, woo! the sad thing is, is that there are some beautiful, gorgeous children in this school on both sides, and they're learning and their safety is being affected by this. Um, no, teachers shouldn't have to come to school to, uh, and deal with this. It's not, it's not healthy for anybody. We've got numerous teachers signed off sick. People are... Um, I myself refuse to teach on this site because of death threats um, and, and actually I'm, I'm not a teacher that is disliked necessarily, it is just you ask somebody to stand in a line, you get threatened with death, that's kind of how it is. If a resolution isn't found, more strike action will be taken on November 28th and 29th and the 5th, 6th and 7th of December. Kent Online News. Also making news today, tributes are being paid to a teenager who's been found dead after going missing in Maidstone. Amoki Stefani disappeared last week and police have confirmed a body was found at Mode Park. The 17-year-old has been described as a kind, gentle and perfectly unique person. A book of condolence has been opened at a Sittingbourne school following the death of a pupil. Bosses at Highstead Grammar say Ella Thompson, who was in Year 9, will be remembered as a warm and kind member of the school community. Staff and students are being offered support. The Prime Minister's hit back at criticism over the sentences given to two protesters who climbed the QE2 bridge at the Dartford Crossing. It's after a UN expert said the five-year total prison term could breach international law and put people off speaking out about environmental concerns. Rishi Sunak says it's entirely right to hand tough sentences to demonstrators who cause major disruption. TikTok prankster Mizzy has been sentenced to 18 weeks in a young offenders institution. The 19-year-old from Dartford breached a court order banning him from posting videos featuring people without their consent. He uploaded footage on socials just hours after the ban was imposed. The family of a Medway man whose body was found in the Netherlands more than three months after he went missing say it'll cost £7,000 to bring him home. Liam Graham disappeared shortly after being involved in a crash on Stoke Road in Who in July. A fundraiser has been set up so the 22-year-old can be repatriated. Kent Online News. Bosses at a Kent distillery have been speaking to Kent Online about the impact a rise in alcohol duty could have on their business. A freeze on alcohol duty came to an end in August and rates rose to 10.1%. The decision from Chancellor Jeremy Hunt on further increases in today's autumn statement is expected to have a knock-on effect for producers across the country. Stephen Russell runs Copper Rivet in Chatham with his brother. He says they've been facing some challenges. Since COVID, we've obviously been working really, really hard to try to kind of claw our way back um, to where we were before COVID. And we invested quite heavily in, in our hospitality operation. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say that things, um, th things have been going quite well. Um, there's been a decent amount of momentum. Um, and then, of course, we've had headwinds caused by war in Ukraine. Um, I think a bit of uncertainty now also with um, with Israel-Palestine uh, conflict. And those really have affected everybody, of course. Um, we see it in interest rates. 
Um, we see it in uh, the cost of gas and raw materials, uh, which you know is fueling all of our costs. And of course, we all feel that in our shopping basket as well. So um, we're all affected by that. And and you know that's unfortunate because that creates difficulties and headwinds in demand, um, which you know which makes it trickier for us to continue to grow. So, you know, it, it, it really adding to the tax burden uh, through any tax, but in particular for us, uh, alcohol duty um, is really unwelcome. Um, it's unwelcome to us because generally, well, we, we generally pay up front when we manufacture, uh, so really bad for, for, um, for cash flow. And then, of course, we have to pass that duty through to consumers. So, you know, it, it then serves to fuel uh, inflation further. Um, in fact, in the last inflation report, I think uh, the alcohol duty was one of the biggest uh, contributors in the food space, food and drink space to to right to um, to inflation. And of course, coming up to Christmas, and as you mentioned there, the cost of living crisis, no one is really immune to that. People are going to be looking at what they're spending their money on. Does that concern you then if you're having to put your prices up a bit to kind of make your books balance? It, it is concerning. Um, I have to say, actually, we haven't put our prices up. Um but nonetheless, you can't, you know, one of the worries, I think, for everybody who is making, you know, really good quality craft products is, um, you know, clearly you very often are already charging um, a what, what is viewed as a premium price because you put so much into, into it and your costs are very high. Um, and I think the bigger concern might be consumers trading down um, because, you know, they feel that, you know, perhaps their budgets can't, you know, can't stretch to to the levels that they used to, and and they still want to to make, you know, to make their you know their friends and loved ones ones happy. So that that I think is a bigger concern for us. Homeless people in Medway are going to be offered accommodation in a block of flats originally earmarked for Londoners. The plans to only house people from Newham in Anchorage House drew criticism from locals who said people in the towns also needed access to help. An agreement has been made that will allow some of the flats to be used by Medway Council to house needy families. Residents in parts of Thanet have described plans to build more than 100 homes on farmland as ludicrous. Developers have revealed proposals for a site along Tothill Street in Minster, just north of Fox Lane. People living nearby are worried about flooding, traffic and the impact on local services. It's claimed multiple road closures in a village near Canterbury are costing businesses thousands in lost trade. People living in Preston are getting frustrated after nearly a year of traffic diversions for various issues, including road and drainage repairs. Highway bosses insist they're working with utility companies and developers to minimise disruption. Preston Parish Council Chairman Tommy Gale has been speaking to reporter Jerry Warren. It's been absolutely dreadful for for businesses particularly after um after covid when every you know all the businesses are trying to recover from that um we've got constant road closures through the village and it's 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 been absolutely you know um devastating for for, for the business the village shop the butchers the garden center we've got two wedding businesses and they've all had problems as a result of the road closures they've all lost revenue i mean some of these road closures have been planned 
Uh, but you think yeah. they could be coordinated better? Yeah, they could. I mean, it, you, I think we, you accept that um, roads have to be closed um, for repairs or for, um, you know, we've had resurfacing, that's fair enough, you know, and, and um, we've had, um, you know, they have to do repairs to the water. Whether whether it's necessary to um, to close the both sides of the road, you know, I think that's a bit debatable because I think we've, um, in the past, we never seemed to have the whole road closed. There used to be traffic lights. Um, whereas I don't know if it is now kind of pushed for health and safety reasons that they need to close both sides, but it doesn't, um, they only ever seem to be working on one side of the road. Um, so it seems wholly unnecessary to close, close both sides. I think w what I've got a, a real issue with is that they're along, along the, along the street, um, they we've got single or two house developments going up that have been approved by Dover District Council. Um, and every time, every time they're built, um, there are you know, connections have to be made and we get a road closure for each connection. So you might have two or three, um, two or three closures for each house that's built. And I just think there needs to be a bit more um, thought going into it from, from Dover planning in terms of the, the impacts that it has on local residents um, with, with, with parents trying to get their kids to school, the bus stops running whenever there's a road closure, people struggle to get to work and the businesses suffer. Um, we've, I've asked to meet with the head of planning at Dover and um, she wouldn't meet with me. She just pointed, pointed me back towards Kent Highways who legally have to close the road if it's requested from the utility firms. So I think the problem is, is no one's taking accountability for it. Um, and it's, everyone's getting really angry. It's getting absolutely fed up. It's, 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 I, it has been going on for 12 months. It's probably been going on for longer. I think, you know, it's, it just seems like we've had a closure every month. Um, at least, and it, it can't go on like this. A village near Dartford that lost a vital bus service last month is getting a new shuttle route. It'll run from New Ash Green through Hartley and onto Darren Valley Hospital on Bluewater. Council bosses say the transport link is desperately needed. It'll start in February. Kent Online News. The number of animals being abandoned in Kent has reached a three-year high. The RSPCA say they're on course to receive more than 600 reports of pets being dumped during 2023. That's more than 36% up on three years ago. Pressures on families' finances are being blamed. Darren Parrish is manager of the RSPCA Centre in Leybourne. Winter times often a, a much harder time in rescues um, because people will give pets as presents. We always recommend not to buy pets as presents. Um, you might think you're buying someone a lovely, cute, fluffy kitten for Christmas, but actually, are they ready for that commitment? Do they want that commitment? Um, so people should really think about actually talking about adopting an animal or bringing a new animal into their family as a family group to make sure everyone's happy and on board with the idea of taking on a new pet. Um, but this time of year is really hard with Christmas, the cost of living increase, people struggling to pay their own food bills, etc. So we often see more animals being abandoned around this time of year and post Christmas as well once that normality sets in that sort of post Christmas blues almost where people have gone back to work and then going out looking after the rabbit in the garden or walking the dog in the rain isn't so appealing and that's when often we can find that there's, again there's a big increase in abandonments. Yeah and we've seen in Kent that the charity's on course to receive more than 600 reports of animal abandonments this year alone so is there a reason perhaps why it's worse in Kent compared to other areas do you know? Um, I think it is that side of things of the, Kent's quite a highly populated area the whole of the southeast there's a high not population of people uh, the cost of living in, in the southeast is higher the cost of 
rent for properties for buying your own house etc so i think all of those things add to that overall pressure of the cost of living increase that we're seeing pet food's gone up astronomically in price veterinary costs have gone up as well all of those things are squeezing pet owners um, and that's one of the reasons we think we're seeing a big increase and what can be done to sort of see these figures going down and see not as many animals being abandoned say this time next year uh, what people can certainly do is think about getting their animals neutered so we don't end up with unwanted litters of puppies and kittens and guinea pigs that people don't actually want. Um, think about the idea of adopting from your local rescue instead because all of these centres are skilled in matching people to the right animal as opposed to going by what someone likes by aesthetically how they look, actually matching them based on behaviour and the uh, requirements of the home and what they're looking for from that family. And then it is just making sure that people budget and think about actually what are the ongoing costs. Yes, it might cost you several hundred pounds to adopt your dog in the first place, but then you need to take into account the fact of it's between 30 to 50, 60 pounds a bag of food a month for a medium-sized dog, plus pet insurance on the top. So really sit back and think about budgeting for your new pet. Now, this is one of our most read stories today. An Ashford mum who lost 16 stone to become a bodybuilder says she's now suffering from a chronic illness. Melody Wakeland started getting symptoms, including severe brain fog and muscle spasms in 2017. Doctors have been unable to diagnose her, but she's hoping to get treatment abroad and has set up a fundraising page to cover the cost. A new pedestrian zone in Hearn Bay is due to open in the next few weeks. £250,000 is being spent on converting part of Central Parade into a plaza. It's hoped it'll make the town better for walkers and cyclists, boosting the local economy. It's time to have your say on the future of Chatham. Public consultation is underway on the draft of the Chatham Design Code, which will direct and shape regeneration of the town centre. The code will propose future design options, including new green spaces, but others also called for future work to maintain Chatham's historic character and buildings. The third public consultation is due to run in early January and will give residents the chance to influence future development. And nominations are now open for the first Kenton Medway Food and Drink Awards. You can put forward your favourite restaurants, pubs, shops and producers across 12 different categories. A panel of judges will then choose the winners, which will be revealed at a ceremony in Canterbury next February. Nicola has been speaking to Matt Ramsden, who's a senior editor at the KM Group. Well, we really want to get behind uh, all those fantastic businesses across the county um, who do such a fantastic job um, in serving the public really. Um, we've got so much to offer here in Kent and uh, for a long time we've been thinking here at the KM that we should do more to support people uh, in the industry and this is it. And of course, Matt, the hospitality industry has been pretty hard hit over recent years, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the pandemic really affected uh, these businesses right across the county. Um, so as they're all trying to still get back on their feet, some of them, we're, we're keen to get behind them and give them as much backing as we can. Now, we've got lots of categories for people to nominate in. Can you tell us about them. Yeah, there's loads of them. Uh, there are really, really so many of them, uh, which uh, is um, exciting, really. So we've got the Beverage Producer of the Year, and we've got Hospitality Champion Kent, Chef of the Year, Hotel of the Year, Farm Shop or Deli of the Year, Pub or Bar of the Year, Restaurant of the Year, Street Food or Pop-Up of the Year, Food Bank of the Year, 
food and drink hero, food producer of the year. And finally, we've got tea room or coffee shop of the year. And what do people need to do to be able to nominate? OK, so we have set up a, a website where people can go on and, uh, and nominate uh, the people who they think best suit these categories. Uh, the website is kentfooddrinkawards.co.uk. And it's really simple. You go on there, you click on the category, uh, you nominate whoever it is you wish to nominate. And then our team of judges will be around there to have a look at them uh, in secret. Uh, and uh, they'll come up with a short list of finalists and we'll find out in February who the winners are. Excitingly, Matt, today you can reveal who our head judges. Yeah, it's a bit of a coup for this. Um, we're really, really pleased to announce that Richard Phillips is going to be our head judge. Now, for those that don't know, he is the uh, the man behind Thackeray's in Tunbridge Wells, a Michelin-starred restaurant. Uh, very well known uh, in the area and, as I say, a real coup for us. And, of course, sponsors are all important with these things. Tell us who they are. Yeah, we've got some fantastic sponsors. Uh, we're really, really pleased uh, that these uh, these businesses have got behind us. Uh, our, our title sponsor is Cafe Nucleus, who uh, have several um, venues throughout Medway. Uh, fantastic local business. Uh, Shepherd Neem, uh, Kent Royalty, in terms of uh, hospitality businesses. Uh, the Aroida Hotel in Maidstone. Uh, NFU Mutual uh, from Ashford. Uh, East Kent Colleges Group and KFF as well. So we've got uh, some great support. Finally, Matt, what's the deadline for nominations? So uh, the closing date uh, is January the 10th next year. So uh, it goes quickly time. So you, you better get uh, nominating as soon as you can because uh, that'll be on us before we know it. Just a reminder, that website to see all the categories and get involved is kentfoodanddrinkawards.co.uk. Kent Online Sports. Briefly in football news, Kent's Alessia Russo has been named in the England women's squad for their next games in the Nations League. They take on the Netherlands and Scotland next month. Beth Mead is also back in the 23-player squad for the first time in a year after suffering an ACL injury. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get the details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.